0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Put it, the resignation or the leaving of the team uh, and her teammates by Simone Biles. Now, I know you probably don't know much about her. I think everybody, most of the people listening here do know that she was the most... um, celebrated and decorated gymnast of all time in terms of the amount of gold medals that she earned. Uh, She's only 24 years old, and I believe this was her third Olympics. Uh, She is a petite, obviously like many Olympic gymnasts, very small, but extremely strong, a very proud uh, African-American woman who has been on the forefront of a number of social issues as well. She's a a victim. She was a victim of the the coach, as you know. You might have read that. Uh, I think Larry uh, Nassar. I I might be getting his name wrong. Um, Larry Nassar, who was uh, he? Physician, not a coach, right? He was the team physician, right? Right, and he was found uh, guilty of uh, of many acts of sexual. Uh, being a sexual predator and a molester, including you know the the team that won gold in two thousand and sixteen, which of course had uh, the nice Jewish girl um, on it as well, they were all victims of of this this monstrous fellow, and she has pushed forward and all of the hopes were on her you didn 't necessarily see the commercials i was fortunately, my wife decided to um, as someone gave her a gift of a Hulu subscription. And as I came in and was watching her, watching Hulu, I kept on seeing these constant images of the Olympics teams and Simone Biles representing us. And she was the ultimate uh, symbol of such a great United States story. And she decided to pull out a number of, as you know, she, uh, uh, there was a number of uh, some vaults that she did or some other work on the pommel horse. I don't know if they do the pommel horse with the girls, the women, but she realized things were not working out well for her. She wasn't scoring the way she did. And supposedly later she said that she mentally, she felt as she was twirling those incredible um, jumps in the air, she had a sense that she was not in control of her body totally. And, and she realized that it had to do with her mental state. And she pretty much withdrew from all the competition from that point on. Um, now, it's not such a great story because, okay, people okay. But I think what I want to talk to you about is, is that after this occurred, the pundits, the writers, not just the sports writers, but the, 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 the medical writers, the psychologists, the people who you are uh, share the same uh, vocation. They all said how they were applauding this as something extremely important. That a person put their mental health above what people expected them to accomplish that she wasn't a person who buckled under pressure she wasn't someone like all of us who just couldn't take the the moment in the spotlight and found themselves with sort of sort of a stage fright but it was someone who decided to own up to the what was going on in themselves and said i refuse and that is something which, as you probably read in some of the articles that I tried to send you on this topic, this is something we all need to encourage, and there should be more of this. This idea of not even if we are part of a, a, a of a program, part of a of a team, that we have to realize our own mental well being comes first. Bravo, Simon Simon Biles. She deserves to be considered a real hero, a greater hero than she ever would have been had she competed and won her unprecedented uh, third or fourth or 20th gold medal again. And, and I was thinking about you, Sam, that do you agree with this? Do you agree that that this is some great moment in America's awakening to, to somehow now we have to, you know, realize that finally people are worried about their mental health. Um, you know, again, we all put ourselves, when we, we aren't all star athletes, but many of us begin projects and, and people are depending on us and hope that we're going to do it. And they've maybe even paid us to do it. And when we can't overcome the demons, the pressure, the twisties that she was having, um, the butterflies in our stomach is that do you do you consider it dr Juni, do you consider that a sign of maturity and greatness or do you consider that a sign of something childlike that that perhaps human beings should have to push through
1: All right so yeah yeah i do consider it not as ideal as i see in the letters to the editor um so i just want to say something first you say that that's something that i don't have much interest in which is true i just want to contextualize that I'm um, from an environment basically where the body is anything but a temple. In other words, the whole Spartan ideal or the whole Greek ideal as something is seen as something which is essentially a um, the or hara or the devil as far as Judaism is concerned. And we read so some of the contemporary reports in Talmudic times of how that was supposed to be what pulled the youth away towards Hellenism was the worship of the body rather than the worship of the mind. So I can tell you that I grew up with um, sports essentially being something, um, one of the lowest things you can get involved with. I still remember I had like a perverted Rebbe who talked about avod habal, ball, was wow. And haba'al. And yet, I would say that the ball games at recess were probably the social highlight of my yeshiva. (laughs) That's kind of a, doesn't quite
0: fit together. Look, I had students who also came from the chassidish milieu and they would tell me, you know, as I was a teacher in in the yeshiva of IDT, I still am, of course, representing them. They would say, you know, we would take them out. We always took the boys out um, uh, on Thanksgiving and other days, to, to play ball in the various parks in the uh, metropolitan New York area, and they would say to me, you know, that that in their yeshivas where they were as as students, this is the avunim, this is the ma'ase the Mesiavnim, this is what the Nes was about, and if a boy, as they were as they were hitting the ball, <laughs> right, and if the if the boy was enjoying himself playing basketball, which allowed him to excel in something and and to be excited about about something just like a kid should be excited but they were Mm -hmm. browbeaten um but yeah but 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 what, what would you say uh about a torah bowl team right a torah bowl team that was competing totally in the mind or a chess team you know, my my kids were were quite good at chess, and they were they they played in in various championship games. Chess was not seen as part of the body temple; that was the mind. Okay, but let's take a Simone Biles slash Bobby Fischer type person, right? Who who? A, 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 okay, yeah. Spassky. That's it. You know, no I other, got
1: it. I got it. So, so I'm willing. I'm willing to go there. I just wanted to contextualize what okay. this interest in sports comes from. It really comes from a disdain. Coupled uh, with the understanding that this is something too sophisticated for me, so but, but,
0: but, but we know that when Spasky played Fischer, the whole world was watching. It uh-huh. was it, it was it, it was the whole belt. So and, and yet we expected Fisher as much as we hated him as a as, as a real psycho right i mean again you probably know better than me if you read some of the things he was writing and saying but we we applauded how fisher pushed pulled through sure. and, and our had, person he's our person and, and our it, our answer to the commies right and had fisher pulled out and he said i just can't take it would we have I, said I, we would have said you know what he was worried about his mental health he was worried about himself yeah. above the accomplishments Fisher would have been considered a coward, we would have booed sure. him, right sure. uh, Let me take another thing which isn't about a guy with a, a muscle with muscles or a girl in leotards. Van Clyburn. have you heard of Van Klyburn? He was no. a okay I'll tell you a little bit about Van Clyburn. He was a Texas boy who won uh, who competed in the Tchaikovsky uh, competitions of a young person playing the piano and he went to moscow and he beat all the russians there it was in the uh, i believe it was in the late 1950s or early 1960s he came back to a ticker tape parade because he had gone to moscow and he was able to play like an angel he was a big old texas boy with a southern drawl van clyburn let's say van clyburn would have said i can't take the pressure he got to, and believe me, I remember because I played in a number of piano recitals and I couldn't take the pressure either. It was the, the worst pressure I've ever had in my life. I think I've mentioned this here in this program. Wouldn't we have said up until this period that Nebuchadnezzar, but we would never have turned them into to heroes. We wouldn't have said this is a, a, a red letter day for mental health in the world. We would have right. called these, we would have called, we, wouldn't, we would have said they were missing something, that there was something missing yeah. in them. Right. Their character, they had a character
1: problem. They hadn't, didn't have the stuff. Okay, so you see, what I find most interesting about this entire episode here is about the attitudinal change. What is going on with current day, shall we say, I don't know if it's America or it's liberal America. I'm not sure. Most of the newspaper stuff is liberal, so I really don't know where it comes from, whether to marry this to intersectionality or not. I don't know what to do with it. But the question is, what's going on here? So uh, there's two ideas that I wanted to start with. First of all, um, did the Simone lady, did she give up on her goals? Or are we saying, um, like Britney Spears might say, these are not my goals. These are goals that were forced upon me, and I want to be myself. So that's one issue to put to the side. The other question here is whether... People are saying simply that she has the right to worry about her mental health or they're somehow linking her entire drive to achieve to the history of sexual molestation that she suffered. And what I want to tag onto that as an additional question is whether this Nassar dude, in his depraved way of thinking, saw molestation as a way of egging these people on to achieve their utmost. Did he see it as a way perhaps, and this is, I'm going under a limb here because I never had anything to do with a patient for sure, nor do I know these uh, sports players. I can think of a um, sociopathic manipulator who creates a situation where people essentially have to cut themselves off from themselves in order to survive. In case some of our people don't know out there, um, many molestation victims survive by adopting a situation which allows them to psychologically, really psychiatrically, distance themselves from themselves. It's a, if they're watching something happening, they're not there at all. That's how they survive the molestations. And if you can transfer that kind of what we sh- should we call a... a um, hysterical is the clinical term, but let's say a skitty existence where you're in sports, but all your legal concerns, hey, this is hurting. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm stunting my growth. I'm taking these bennies, whatever it is you have to do to survive. That does not come into the calculation at all because it's almost like they're not there. They have kind of, when it gets to the situation and the heat of the moment, something else takes over. And that can, I can see, a, a, um, a um, psychopathic manipulator trying to encourage this kind of stance like Rocky oh. in the ring forget about everything you might get stuck in the face you'll get bloody you might get a concussion but now you're fighting there's nothing else in the world now for you except you and that pool or that ring or that baseball bat or the other guys knows that you have to punch out period so I'm wondering whether <laughs> the subtext here is that we can't let people just be governed by um, abuse and they have to be able to get out from under. So Uh, just to tone it down, let us say there's someone to subtract the whole whole, um, molestation angle and just say, if this were someone who's training very hard and just said, look, it's my goal. It's not somebody else's goal. I was into violin playing or whatever since I was a child, but I decided it's too much. I want to pull out would you get that same kind of applause? Uh, I don't think so somehow. I think somehow there are trappings here that make this into a cause celebre. But I don't think that just the idea that somebody says, look, it's too much, I'm quitting. I'm quitting my job. Let's say the president, okay? Let's say Biden would get up tomorrow and say, look, it's too much for me. I I can't sleep at night. And even though I think I might do a good job, I would rather have my own peace of mind rather than worry about everything else that's going on. I want to quit. Let's say Trump would have done it. I mean, half the people would very be very happy in Washington, but would his constituents take this? Say he, he'll say, "Look, it's too much. I did some." It's it's hard for me. Not that I feel I've done my good job and I have nothing else to do. It's hard for me. Somehow I feel this is a situation which is not the usual. And I don't know whether the idea is it's not my goals that I'm basically bucking what somebody else has foisted on me and saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know whether it has to do with the situation. I don't know whether it's a way of showing people showing that they're liberals and they're identifying with minority, with a woman. I don't know. It just doesn't feel that it could be applied to a standard situation where someone who is in the hotspot, as the examples you gave, a chess player, and just says, I don't want to do it anymore. I, I I I might be able to achieve it, it's just too much. It's not worth it. I wanna be a a mailman, I don't know, a pilot, a, a truck right. driver, a rabbi. Right. Well,
0: you know, I, I think you're you know, when you use the examples, Sam, of uh of of presidents it obviously sounds erratic. You're the leader of the free world. You realize that by you pulling out, this is going to cause. But it's hey, my uh,
1: mental health.
0: It's right, my it's right, my anxiety. Right, right, I want to sleep. Right, but let's even make it a little less uh, earth-shaking. Uh, an architect who's working on a building, right? <laughs> and, yes. and, and there are a number of people that are that are dependent on that. I, I think, and the person... A bus driver leaves this shift
1: saying, this is too much for to me. I'm sorry, I'm quitting. Not next week, now. Right. I'm getting
0: on 23rd Street. And I'm going... <laughs> that's right so i so so i think what's going on here is really strange it's strange now obviously you know know, sports doesn't really although as i mentioned before in the intro it does do a lot for many people in terms of solidifying their patriotism uh feeling that we all
1: not only solidifying it actually becomes comes to represent it it's almost like an idol this is it you
0: know this is america right but but, but it isn't as 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 completely hedonistic as you think you know you know i I know that a lot of and i talked about this in a a different platform and a different discussion you know about the skimpy outfits and and the bodies that are so well sculpted but part of it is also the fact that there was an idea of peace you know, the the 1906 Olympics before, you know, before the, the 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 real century began with all its death and destruction and killing and maiming, there really was a, a feeling, and you can see it in the newspaper articles and the reportage that occurred in that beginning of the 20th century, that this was, the, the, the world was coming together again. There was an idea that we were taking from the Greeks, not inter- so much. It's
1: international positive connectedness, right, was- right,
0: right, which meant that, OK, instead of fighting the Spanish-American War or the Boer War, OK, we're going to fight in the ring. We're going to run the races. And there, you still had the excitement and the aggression, but nobody's dead afterwards. It's and even people- better than David and Goliath, isn't it? It's been, or uh, nobody or, gets hurt. Right. Which is what <clears throat> people were applauding that for that reason. <clears throat> it was a way to recognize a difference in nations, but at the same time, realize that there could be competitiveness. And at the end of the day, nobody's dead. And it's, it's, it's OK. And in fact, we share the excitement of watching the match together. That's true. You're the Russians and we're the Americans. <laughs> but we're all watching it together. The, the, the idea, especially once television took over, of the world watching it all, ha- had a unifying sense of things. So there really was, I believe, and again, you know, it, 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 there was a lot of positivity. Uh, 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 there was a lot of positivity there. The idea, I think, you know, that um, you know, that somebody pulls out, that somebody, you know. Again, we know there's a lot of things pushing them, but to pull out sounds like what's cowardice. The architect who pulls out, he could also say, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because it's for me or is it because I have 10 kids and I have to support them? Is it because my friends look at me as someone intelligent who knows how to do his job? We can always parse things and say, why do I do things? There's such a myriad number well, of reasons. I never really wanted to be this. It's just because my father or grandfather pushed me into it or, right. or it's but not yet, genuine. It's not right. genuine. But yet, you know, pulling out is considered in some ways uh, a defeatist attitude. And it would seem, again, with, with the elevation of Simone Biles' choice, instead of sort of like just having compassion for her and saying it's too bad, the the New York Times, the New Yorker, uh, and and probably many many other uh, you know, prestigious outlets felt that they needed to wave the flag and of mental health courage. This is now, and in fact, maybe sports isn't going to be as ugly and as terrible as it used to be. Uh, people are not going to get those. I know that you don't like american football but you are aware of course of the amount of brain concussions that occur in in football players right you know about the the discovery of this on the personal
1: level uh, what's it comes across my office don't worry
0: ct uh, it's called um i'm going to say it wrong i shouldn't know what this is but it's a certain uh, ct something what is it called it's, it's a certain type of uh that you see in football players where the brain has been rattled uh there's a there's early memory loss there's signs of dementia that occur um yeah. it, it 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 is a very ugly and, and terrible sport in many ways uh and 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 i i would agree with people who 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 feel it's one of the ugliest parts of the, the american fascination with, with 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 competitiveness on the other hand the super bowl is watched by everyone and if if the, if the if the the star quarterback of the super bowl would say okay i'm not coming out he would be booed he would be considered uh, he he could not be able to show his face anymore what I wanted to do is just move back to a point you touched on earlier. And
1: just let's let's imagine, let's take this to the level of, you know, the regular Joe. Okay. Are we now more inclined to applaud a fellow who doesn't want to go into the office anymore because he feels he's been snubbed by somebody in the mail Or did this make when he travels on the bus? Sometimes there are people there who who, who just talk loudly. And that's something that gets them a little anxious or uncomfortable. It it is mental. Everything is mental health. You know, anything which interferes with your show comfort level could be labeled as mental health. So the point is that if we want to just shift that paradigm, you know, shift it down the spectrum some, are we now going to give a permit, which is what you alluded to in the beginning, a permit or a carte blanche for anyone to say, I am letting go, of any commitments, any goals or whatever, because of a certain level of discomfort. I mean, chas v'shalom to tell them, take a Xanax. I mean, that would be almost considered like um, um, forcing people to put on a mask or or to to take an inoculation. Like say, hey, look, you're getting a little, I mean, I tell this to patients, you're getting anxious a little bit x 0.5, nothing is 0.25, okay? Nothing is going to happen and you cope very well and you'll never have to see me again, trust me. You just take that PRN, take it three times a week, you're not going to get addicted, right? Is that considered like malpractice then to say, hey, what are you doing? Is it like telling somebody go out there and get yourself beaten up by your husband? That would be lousy advice saying, you know, well, you can keep this marriage going, get yourself beaten or get yourself molested or get yourself bullied every day in school. In other words, once you start going that, that's really the question you come up with, and it's basically the Protestant ethic. The Protestant ethic is you work. You work, there are hardships. Be a man, so to speak. I guess these days just to be PC, be a woman, right? Be, and be what it is you can be. And yes, you're going to have some hardships, you know? That's what society wants. That's what God wants. That's what society expects you so get over the hardships or if you want to pull it totally the other way no do nothing that makes you uncomfortable which means essentially stay home stay home and hopefully you'll get enough um, uh, stipends because of um, disability we can declare them everybody disabled I just read today a quarter of American people 25% are either physically or psychologically disabled I saw in today's talk no Sunday's times that's pretty good right so let's just make it 98%, 98%, everybody has a disability, people should not be expected to get out of their comfort zone ever. And I'm not talking like Simone, just out of my comfort zone. I'm going over there, I feel a little uneasy about this. You know, going with a yarmulke to work, I'm just not going to go to work, right? I mean, I'm not, okay, this is a little different, but in America, no. Why should I do that and have people look at me funny? Why am I, when I have a pretty good suspicion that at the water cooler people are saying things, I don't want it. And then there are students who don't look up to me. They look down at me. I don't feel comfortable. I'm more comfortable staying at home where everything is fine. I have my own TV shows. I have my own water heater. I have my own bed. Leave me alone. Okay. So I think that's the gradient that you were alluding to saying, at what point do we push? And of course, the ultimate of pushing goes on when you make people go totally out of their comfort zone, even out of their human functioning, being in total pain and Michigan anxiety, like, you know, um, we have like the Jackson 5 and Michael Jackson's the survivor, what the father did to them or Britney Spears uh, d- did to them, or, you know, what Trump's father did to him and to his brothers. So I, I think that's the gradient to dealing with. And there is a, I would say, an anomaly here where a lot of the world gets together and cheers someone who seems to um, betray our expectations, and you have to understand, so I'm like Simone, she's not her own person. She became us. She became our um, alter ego, and basically she's doing something bad to me. Uh, she handed it to the Russians. That's treason, right? <laughs> they should hang her. That People should say, Where is, we want to hang her up in the Capitol, just like they wanted to hang up Pence, right? Uh, she did something. To, this is a personal issue. Now, now I'm very, like, what, what could I am every yeah. time a Russian, have to say, oh, yeah, 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 right. You're a great guy. So, okay, I, I'm dramatizing this, of course, but I think that which is, if you want to be like a grandmother saying, what's happening to this world? Where is the whole idea of character? Where's the whole idea of responsibility? I can imagine what a Protestant in the mid-1800s would have said about this. It's going to pass, right? Our whole ideal of Work hard, achieve hard, get somewhere, is going to pot. And we're saying, yeah, whatever you say, oh no, don't strain yourself. You don't want to use a diaper, don't use a diaper. You never want to be totally trend. You never want to, learn right. to uh, uh, never right. want to leave the house. Fine.
0: Of, of course, again, the main difference is, you know, that why, you know, the adulation and admiration for Simone's, I wouldn't call it cowardice, but Simone's pulling out. The reason why I don't think it's going to lead to where what you're saying is merely because there's so many caveats here about what she did up until now. Right? She's definitely, you know, she she had done so much up until this point, and she had pushed herself even recently. I guess you know, in the qualifying round before she got here, I I think this. So it was really at this stage where it's her third time around at the highest level, where where everything was, you know. Expected, I think that's where it starts to crack, and 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 perhaps one could say, look, so I, I couldn't do it three times in a row. And you see,
1: what bothers me is that it's the little failure, the stumble that turned her off. I'm, as a fan, okay, I'm, I'm getting out of my role, but I'm saying but what, I wouldn't have minded. She's at the top of the game, and say, okay, I'm not doing it again. It's too much stress. But what happened is that you had the little fumble, which. Ah, you know, most athletes, everybody has some little fumbles, they get over it. And this little fumble, that to me sounds like not having enough guts to go through with it rather than just saying, I made irrational decisions. I no longer want to be a clergyman. Okay? It's too much. I don't want to represent God, whatever it is trying to get into my own shoes or if I would decide saying I've had enough of analyzing people I've had enough of helping people I want to bike all day I want to swim I want to bike and I want to go to the restaurants. fine so I'm saying so that would be fine but when that happens because I had one little altercation with a colleague who accused me of a wrongdoing and then give up then that sounds like you don't have
0: fortitude
1: so that's just my own personal reaction. No,
0: I, no, 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 I agree with you. It, 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 since it was in the midst of competition where she'd already committed to do and, that. And, and it's the fight. No, but it's the fumble. It's one fumble that made her think, which
1: I, ordinarily, if somebody tells me an athlete made a small fumble, I wouldn't say, so therefore it's over. Most athletes have fumbles, even right. during the competition they make it. So that sounds me if I have to evaluate it as some kind of weakness would I laud that I don't know if I would cheer it but I I always feel people have a certain amount of liberty over themselves they're not indentured servants to anything anybody but I would say take a perspective here what are we talking about here? you really feel threatened I mean let's say if somebody really gets bona fide panic attacks I'd say okay let's consider pulling out of there but if you have some, eh I don't get excited about it
0: you know, I just say one last thing on this, um, and you alluded to it before in a, in a in a way that I never even thought about, which was, uh, you know, this Larry Nassar's. Um, I mean, you almost made it seem as if, if I was picking up correctly, uh, doctor, that his abuse was sort of an incredible um, stratagem to turn them into robotic players. Right? Well, look,
1: it's, okay, <laughs> in Bezer Ampen, in the small level, this is what we do to people in the army. And this is what regular coaches do to regular people, not, a, not what we would call abusive coaches, although I think they are abusive. This is, they dehumanize, humiliate you, and then all you say is forget it. I'm only focusing on the game. I'm focusing on nothing. It's almost like an inoculate to any kind
0: of rational... No, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't denying it. It was just a new way. <clears throat> In other okay. words, it, it isn't but just that. I, I, I was,
1: this was conjecture. Right. I have no idea this is correct. I was just trying to figure out what is there about this case okay. so different that I'm willing to give her the option of going okay. out where I wouldn't give it to Trump and I wouldn't so, give it to your
0: architect. Right. That's so, what I was thinking. You, right. So it, it was definitely fascinating to me. But I think there's something even on a more basic level. Um, I, you know, there was a film that...
1: Uh, well, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt. I'm thinking about a girl Sue. Okay. Do,
0: do you know that tune? You're talking about the Jules Pfeiffer song? A, a Boy yeah, Named Sue? Yeah, and that was
1: the, the person who's to- a talking about
0: Jules Pfeiffer wrote a song called A Boy Named Sue that was yes. famously recorded by Johnny Cash.
1: Yes, um, yes. And yes.
0: basically, it's the song of somebody who, who walks around with a girl's name and then he discovers his father finally. And and then he confronts his father and they engage in a whole um, a fisticuffs. They're fighting each other. And the the father explains to him why he gave him uh, uh-huh. the name Sue. So this is the model yeah. I
1: was thinking of, that I gave him the name Sue because he knew, therefore, he's going to have to be tough and making this world because, you know, I guess the father felt he wasn't tough enough and he was a flunky drunkard, you know, derelict ph- philanderer. Yeah. But I almost thought of that. This was 't back in my mind. That was the guy's perverted strategy. I'm going to make this guy so unpleasant in, in this woman. I'm sorry, unpleasant in her world that she's going to have to. Just cut herself off and devote herself totally to the goal, which, of course, will be great for me and great for her and great for mankind in America. Right? Uh, That's where I was coming uh, from.
0: It's an incredible, incredible rationalization for probably just a very oh, no, no. individual. It's,
1: it's not Meshuggah rationalization. If I said
0: incredible. I didn't say Meshuggah.
1: No, I'm saying character disorders have these kinds of rationalizations that if you analyze, right. you wouldn't give it too many points for logic. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, okay, but here's what I just wanted to sort of uh, put a a period on this. There was a film that came out um, in the early 1980s. Um, I remember it very well because um, the theme song, the theme to this film was very popular. Uh, It was a, uh, there, there was a, I don't know if they made many other records, but there was a group that was involved in electronic music called Vangelis and they uh, did the score for the Oscar winning uh, film called chariots of fire and chariots of fire was about uh, the Olympics. um, I think it was the 1924 Olympics, I believe. And of course um, that was the Olympics where uh, the Jewish runner um, was able to uh, from England, Abraham was able to uh, win one of the uh, uh, events. Britain was a, a, a superpower in sports at the time. Um, if, you, if you see that film, Shmilo, and I think it's a good film to watch, uh, you'll see that the athletes were already college age when they started. They were post-college. They were amateurs. Um, they, in a way, represented an aristocratic class of people. Um, my point, though, is is that they weren't little girls, children. The the, gym, the gymnastic team specifically, uh, and this was done in the Soviet Union and in all the Eastern Bloc countries. We adapted this when we took their coaches. Their coaches, who became immigrants here, used the same policy, which was to zero in on ten year olds, eleven year olds, and you could be as young as thirteen and be part of the team maybe even 12 and 13 and that's why simone of course is 24 she calls herself the grandmother of of the team she's been doing this since she's i guess about 10 or 11 or nine Mm. so i i think that perhaps although you know chess prodigies start young as well but i think there's something about robbing and depriving um people's childhood especially Mm. in in such a severe way Um, Mm, and and i think that when 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 from she's 24 and she's had so many years of uh, of this sort of uh, you know competitive pressure that that i think it's it it robs people of their childhood i think you know it's most people at 24 (laughs) that's when they're making their decisions about what they're going to do in life so so I think that 's really also um something which i we, we, i'm sort of countering your point. It'd be one thing if 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 we were talking about a person in the flowering stages of their 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 maturing twenties or thirties pulling out like right. what is with you 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 make the decisions and you try to live with it you 're basically saying this was not her. Go. It was not her perspective.
1: It's something that was foisted on her, which is what we alluded to earlier.
0: Right, but I think especially when when we, we have to realize how we the, the people who are watching sports, who are paying uh, the cable stations uh, to be able to see the sports, the ones who are applauding it are in a way, you know, partners in in in, in exploiting and robbing children of their lives. Because the truth is, is that when the bodies become too large they're not able to do the type of uh gymnastic magic that they that, that that's applauded and gets the, the high scores um you know once they once their limbs are too big and long they can't land in the same way they can't be on the beams as perfectly so I, let me well, turn
1: the, if i can turn the table on you as a rabbi do you have any Jewish um, theology or, or sociology comments on this latter point that you, you said about taking children and putting them into a role and not giving them the chance to flower in their own, shall we say, <laughs> self-development.
0: Can you put a Jewish spin on that? Okay, thank you for asking me a question in that way. Um, I would say that we both come from a, uh, an environment where a, a similar a similar occur, similar things occur, where if a, if a, if a young boy shows great potential, there is so much attention paid to them, and and the boy is in many ways, maybe a group of other young ones are pushed to become um, intense scholars and to uh-huh. and to um, um, memorize. Eight hundred blocks of uh They're then, you know, bandied about, and and, and they take them to Chaim Kanievsky, and, others. And, they're, and and they're
1: reinforced to make sure that they get enough rewards and stay there,
0: right? And 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 so I think and your be,
1: comment about that is, if I may push you,
0: yeah, my comment is is that probably also is 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 a um, it probably eviscerates from within them a normal childhood development. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that those, I mean, w- w- those are probably many of the great stories of many of these gedolim that we look up to, who probably were, especially, you know, these, these prodigies, as you say. Um, and, and and you're right. I think there's probably, in the Ilema MS, I- I'll say it outright, in the Ilema MS there's probably, a, a, there was probably a, a big price to pay for the malamdim, that this, that 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 ripped away the childhood of. I think of, I've of heard about. I,
1: I'm not sure if it was the Ger Rebbe was one of the Rebbe's that was observed like somebody wanted to look what is he doing, Haydn, and see him running around, screaming, yelling, making all kinds of shtick, bouncing around. And if the, the gabbai asked him what is going on, he says, "I was not allowed to do this in childhood, and <laughs> I have to get it out of my system." Yeah. In his perspective, of course, it was ridiculous. But okay,
0: okay. They I, say a similar one, one of the, uh, you know, one of my heroes um, and, uh, and uh, the Kotzker supposedly was Miyayats, his, uh, his Talmud, the good or at least his Chosid, because he knew about Avram Bornstein. He knew about the, the man who would, who would be later known as Lavne Nazar, and he actually tried to prevent that from occurring. He 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 knew the child was 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 an elie, but he wanted the child to have some nor to normalcy. He wanted the mm-hmm. child to be able to play. He didn't want to overburden the child with mm-hmm. uh Kabbalistic or 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 Mahshava. Um the Kutzker, I think, you know, again, it might be a lot of this might be stories after the fact, but I think the Kutzker did a tremendous job in advising the rezeev Nochum, the 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 father ofram bornstein to raise his kid in, a, in in a more normal protective way he said you'll see if we do it my way he will become a tremendous leader he'll be he'll be able to do things as opposed to oh you know as opposed to you know uh, creating these the you know these little um i don't know what you would call them sam i guess you would call them uh, automatons or grotesque caricatures. They're
1: caricatures. Just a level. The question came really from my own experience with people who are straight and narrow, both in Catholicism and in Hasidic Judaism, where when they get in trouble, I sniff out right away that they are lamenting their lost uh, life, their lost actualization, and they take it out often on their charges by becoming harsh, Um, you know, um, I don't want to say torquimandist, but, but becoming harsh inquisitioners to make sure somehow that they repress that and others as well. That's where my question came from, but that's not a fair question. So
0: right, but I but I would say I don't I don't know anything in, in classical rabbinic sources that um, that demands this uh, you know shutting out of letting a child be a child. I think that the there is a very, as you know, uh, a very strict uh, uh, recipe for how to learn. 10, 5, you have to go through all of uh, all of Tanakh, and 10, you have to um, mm-hmm. go through all of Mishnayis, and 15, you have to start Talmud. There definitely is this, uh, b- but that sounds so much more normal, right? Um, 15, I mean, look, you started learning Gemara's, Shaviva, when you were probably nine years old or eight years old, right? You bet. Right, you bet. which which is really against the Mishnah. The Mishnah, the Mishnah right. felt that 15, doesn't it make more sense? It, all, it
1: also leaves you with a childish approach to Gemara, which you never get rid of, even after you have layers and layers of it, or even Chumash, you know? My idea of Chumash is still of God with the horns, you know, coming and floating, and, you know? I'm a little bit older than five by now. And so it's not
0: good. Right. So uh, I think we've probably, as the morale, you know, bemoaned, we've paid the price in our history for trying to outsmart uh, Hazal. We've tried mm-hmm. to, we've tried to, you know, push Taisvis on 10-year-olds. And we've tried wow. to, to create these little Simone Biles versions of Talmudists. And I think the, you're right, the burnout rate there uh, is, is, is intense. Yeah. Uh, it, or, or or you get some heretical psychoanalysts. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.